of this weekend, just welcome once again to Breaking the, Curses of, Breaking the Lingering Curses of Slavery. This weekend was um, pretty fantastic. The Lord dropped a, a particular scripture in my spirit, and it was Proverbs 17, 13. So I want you to take a look at that. You can write it down, and I'm going to read it out of... It's really good reading out of whatever translation. I've got a King James version with me while I'm traveling. But I'm going to read it out of there. And that's Proverbs 17, 13. I don't know why I didn't have it ready. And it says, Whoso rewarded evil for good, People shall not depart from his house. And I was like, okay. So I, I, I worked with a couple of other teams. So I didn't know if it was for this particular group, if it was for me personally, if it was for another group. And as I just kept going along day after day, it just kept coming up. It kept coming up. So I went ahead and I went into the court regarding me personally and my family. So I didn't know if it was just for me personally, or like I said, the other groups that I'm with, but I went ahead in the courtroom and I repented for it. And it was just crazy good. And I'm saying that because I want you all to know that regardless of you know what family you came from, we've got family members that have done some things that they shouldn't have done. So for me personally, I repented of Proverbs 17, 13, Susan, where someone in my family or me repaid evil for the good that someone else has done. I know for me, I have felt like I've done something good and people returned it with evil. I know I have felt like that's been done to me. Therefore, and this is just a key for all of us. If you feel like that's been done to you, you can believe that somebody in your family line and possibly you as well have done that. So when I did the repentance for that, it was pretty, pretty big. It was pretty big. So this is where my journey has been this week is every time I turn around, God's been giving new breakthrough and new insight on different things that have occurred. And there's some, sometime when you're reading scripture, God will give you something that's like, hmm, I wonder, when you say, I wonder if that's ever happened in my bloodline, assume it has. And assume that the enemy will use that either right now or he'll have it in his back pocket to use against you at a later time. So um, there's a lot of different scriptures that you can come across. And as you come across them, even if you go ahead and just write them down, keep a journal, keep a, a note of, okay, I think I'm going to repent for this. And it may not be something for you to do right then. It may be at a later time. But the other thing that I saw about this was also to repent for it as a nation. So some of the things that I see being done in my nation, which is America, we've done some pretty wicked things. 
And guess what's happening to us? Some pretty wicked things are being done to us. So you can take that personally. You can take it for your family. You can take it for your neighborhood, your city, your county, your state, your country. But just know that there, sometimes when people are doing you evil, the enemy has that accusation standing against you in the court. And that's something that does some um, unrepentant sin and iniquity in the bloodline. Now for my particular family, I didn't know anything about a business, but there was a family business. But some family members were cooking the books and stealing from other family members. So not only are we talking about lying, not only are we talking about theft, but we're talking about repaying somebody evil for the good that they do. Going into business together to do things together and yet and still, that's not what you're doing. And what I see in our nation is that that uh, has just been sown into our nation where we, we have the expectation that people are gonna rip us off. We have the expectation if we don't get it all down on paper and if we don't dot every um, I and cross every T that we're gonna get God. We have the expectation that somebody's gonna sell us a lemon. We have the expectation, I mean, it's just woven into the fabric of our lives of repaying somebody evil for the good that they do. So I just wanted to bring that up to the group and share that with everybody. Um, what we're gonna do tonight specifically is talk about dishonor. I did not know we were gonna do that. I was planning just to do some um, breaking the curses of slavery, but the Lord dropped that like a ton of bricks. Now let's talk about how we um, who have been enslaved have been dishonored. Well, there's been a lot of dishonor. <laughs> there's, I mean, you've been dishonored every way possible, but let's take it back to when have we dishonored others? And I'm speaking specifically of those who have been enslaved. Well, we've, we've dishonored people in our families. We've dishonored people in our homes. We've dishonored other tribe members. We dishonored those who are in our nations, our neighborhoods. We've dishonored the body of Christ. There's a white body of Christ and a black body of Christ. So dishonor has been sewn into the very fabric of who we are. Let's go take it all the way back to, um, to the Garden of Eden. Dishonor was even there because when, when the snake came into the garden, he was dishonoring the father. So we can take it back further when he was still in heaven and in his place, he was plotting and planning and scheming mutiny. So this dishonored thing, oh, it goes all the way back to the very beginning. So there's been this dishonor, this splitting, this separating, this jealousy, this envy, this mutiny that has continued to take place. And it's just gone on from generation to generation to generation to generation. Um, right now, we're uh, having, I'm not going to say this racial divide. Well, you've dishonored me because you, you enslaved me, you put me in shackles. Yes, all of that is absolutely true. There's no question about it. But that's not the beginning point. And sometimes we have a tendency, especially when we, we, we're easily offended, we're easily 
they're talking about me is no this has been sown in us and has been passed down generationally and it's even in the womb so what i'm hoping for tonight is for some unraveling of the different places that we have dishonored others our friends our spouses our parents our children i mean our neighbors we've dishonored one another in the body of christ all you have to do is take a look at when the politics was going forth it, people were like this they were just really really dishonoring one another we've dishonored uh people groups we've dishonored tribes and nations but revelation says that every tongue every tribe every nation so this dishonoring has been going on all along this is not something new. It did not start with the slavery, the transatlantic slavery by any means. We dishonored God regularly when we didn't obey his commandments. We dishonored God when we went our own way. We dishonored God when we decided we could do things our own way, whatever that was. I, I remember being 16 and thinking, well, Lord, I love you and all, but I just wanted, I wanted to do some exploration. So I put, I, Lisa, put God on the shelf and said, I'll come back. How stupid was that? Well, let me tell you, I got my head bashed in. Not me. I got my head bashed in. But I decided I could do it my own way. So I went my own way. Yeah. Not smart. Not smart at all. So one of the things that, that, that comes with, with uh, honoring and dishonoring is pride. Anytime you start talking about pride, we're talking about Leviathan. And people find it very difficult to acknowledge where they have dishonored others. People find it very difficult and they become very defensive. Because, but this is what they did to me. This is what they did to me. And that's what's going on, part of what's going on in the nations. We don't want to acknowledge the fact that we those who have been enslaved, formed the descendants of former slaves, have done some dishonoring ourselves. So we, there's a balance to everything, but we have to be able to acknowledge it, admit it, go for it, come boldly to that throne of grace. And let's deal with the dishonor that has been going on in our generations, in our nations, and in our tribes, and in our tongue. And we come boldly to the throne of grace and we request, we acknowledge it. We come to the throne and we admit, yeah, we see it. We see the tribes that are fighting. We see how people pull each other down. We see the dishonoring. And I just wanna share this other thing with you. I was uh, teaching a class. There was a high school class in Detroit one time. And I was about to show a video and it had to do with drugs. And I, I just remember a young lady came up to me and she, she said, Miss Gray, can I, can I be excused? I don't wanna see this. My mother is a drug addict. And I was like, oh, absolutely. You don't have to stay here. So we ended up having discussions after this, right? And one of the things that I shared with the, and I still remember, I shared with them how it is important to honor our parents because we're honoring their position not their performance. 
we honor their position as our parents. Not that they did everything right, because Lord knows, I know I didn't. But we honor the position. And it's something about coming into the knowledge of Christ that gives us the opportunity to do that wherever we go, no matter what situation we're in. For example, if we're in a situation with our supervisor, I know I've dishonored supervisors because I felt they were this, that, they weren't doing all that stuff. But we're called to honor the position, not the performance. When you come under someone's authority, we honor the position and not the performance. Now, let me say this, as I'm saying that, we know that some people get skewed and they do everything that's been, no, we, we are not robots. God has given us a voice. He's given us a mind. He's given us the Holy Spirit. There's a way, a time and a place to have a discussion, even to disagree. And that does not mean that you're not honoring. I really want to say that again. Because you don't agree with someone does not mean that you're not honoring them. And we've gotten that turn. We went way left on that in the body of Christ. And we went along with anything and everything that people have done. And that is totally out of line. We have the Holy Spirit. We honor those who, we're, who are in authority over us. And we honor the position. We honor the position of president. That, does that mean I, I agree with the performance and what they're doing? Absolutely not. And that is a part of the maturing process for where you are. Are you in a, a mature believer where you understand the difference in the position and the performance? Because some people can't separate the two. Well, you said this to me and you did this to me and you this and you. So that's somebody who's still immature and they have not understood the ways of Christ yet. One of the things that with this breaking the curses of slavery, God is maturing us to understanding the difference between performance and position. Anybody have anything to say about that? Any comments? The one I got the other day was where we've dishonored God when he's put a call on our life. I, I can't do that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm out of here. If God's called us to do something, then he will enable us to do it. It's not because of what we can do, but it's what he can do. And that's where I've been guilty way back because I believe the lies people had spoken against me I think about what I, what I could not do, and I believed it. So when I was offered promotions, words of encouragement, you know, when God would put me in a position, no, I can't do that. And so that's the imposter syndrome. I, I honestly believed, I honestly believed that I was incapable of doing it, no matter how much God intervened. I just would never be able to do that thing. But God showed me probably three or four days ago that attitude was dishonoring him. This is timely. Thank you, Susan. Anybody else? I think about the verse that says, give honor to whom honor is due. I was wondering, how does that tie in? Um, 
I think most of you know, I work with at-risk kids who are like in juvenile facilities and a lot of them have definitely been abused by their parents. I mean, I would say 85%. And of course I teach that you honor position of your parent, although you can never go back to your parent because most of the parents are, they are, you know, wards of the state. They can't even have any communication with their parents. Um, and I have often laid that before the Lord about give honor to whom honor is due. So Lisa, tell me what you, how you attach that to what, what we're talking about tonight with the honor. And you can, because I know I could, I teach them to honor the position of their parent. Like this is your parent, you know, you, you know, it's not safe to be around them or with them. Yes, they have done some horrible things to you. Uh, that was not God's will. You know, I go through all of that and, um, and I even teach on forgiveness. And, but then, I mean, I, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, but in my, sometimes in my heart, I'm just like, these people are horrible people. You know, I'm just, oh, you know, I just, it just hurts me to see what people can do to kids. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just being truthful. So, so this is what I'm saying. I think you're you're doing it. I believe you're doing everything exactly right because they are due the honor of the position. God hates the things that they've gone through, the things that people right. children. There's no question about it. That and and God is a God of justice. So when it says to give honor to whom honor is due, I believe that it's including what we've discussed already, our spouses because we can say some nasty stuff to our spouses, our, our parents, our siblings, those who are in authority of us, we can still give the honor that's due the position. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. I, I really do believe that there's just a, mm -hmm. a matter of the separation, which I just don't remember having any teaching on that, to be honest with you. Maybe I did and I went to sleep on it. But I don't remember really any teaching. I, I know that, you know, honor your mother and father. I've always known that. But I know there were some times where I was like, God, are you okay with this? And the answer is no, he's not. He's not okay with the, um, anything that's being done wrong to any of his children, whether they're an adult or still a child or underage. So we still honor the position. And sometimes we have to do what you said. We have to separate ourselves from those who are not honorable, mm -hmm. but we can still we still honor the position. And the thing about that is it frees your heart. It's it frees your heart. There's so many people whose heart is still full of uh, poison from the enemy and the things that they have gone through in their lives. And they spit that venom. This is what I see. They spit that venom when they don't even realize that they're spitting out venom because it's already in them. So I, I know that I've had conversations with people and all of a sudden they're like, Arr, and I'm like, oh, you've got some stuff that still has to be worked out. So when we start giving honor to those whom honor is due and we release them, we forgive, release, and bless, it frees the gunk in your system. It frees the gunk in your heart, in your mind, in your thought process. So many of us, the enemy has changed the way we think and it's been twisted. And you can hear it from some conversations, I'm just saying. 
you can hear from some conversation. The enemy has infiltrated um, mindsets and the way we think, and we only see see things a certain way. It's like there's blinders that only see this. You only see you only see this, and they hit it. Like if you hit somebody's trigger, they go a, a thousand miles. All of a sudden, they're at they're attacking. So you know that that's something going on. And and I just believe that for whatever reason, today God wanted us to deal with dishonor, with ways that we have dishonored. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? I would also like to just say this. I have been part of prayer groups that um, actually did not want to pray for the president because they didn't like a particular president. So they disregard the word that tells us to pray for all of our leaders, those in authority over us, simply because maybe they don't agree with every policy you agree with. You still have to honor that role of the, the person. We, we our job is to pray, undergird them, and not just our president, but even our local leaders, our state leaders, is to cover them with prayer. But I agree with you about we need to pray about this to the dishonor because really I do know people who won't pray for the president simply because they don't like the president. So what when that happens, and I know that happened a lot, especially during Barack Obama's presidency, I just saw so many pharisaical people in the body of Christ. I was shocked. But there's Pharisees and Sadducees still operating in the body of Christ, some in leadership, and they don't even realize it. I'm, I think that's one of the giftings that the Lord has given me is to look behind what somebody says. What comes out of your mouth is one thing, but the spirit, the spirit that, and people don't realize it, it, it reminds me of. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of somebody opening up a closet where all the skeletons come out. But when people talk, they open up, all those skeletons come flying out. And God just is showing me what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their mind. It's just, I think that's one of the giftings. I didn't know he was giving that to me, but I see it over and over and over again. And the thing about it is not about pointing it out because God has to show it to them because they'll never see it otherwise. But there's something about recognizing that I have dishonored others and acknowledging it. Leviathan doesn't like that. The spirit of pride won't allow some people to do it. And I've had to pray about that in my family line. That Leviathan thing is not just miscommunication and the twisting, but it's that pride because the hair on the back of the head starts standing up. Oh, when we can come before the Lord and we can come naked, unashamed, and say, Lord, I see. I have been dishonoring of X, Y, and Z. God can work with that. That's that humility in operation. God can work with that. Anybody else? Sam? Kathy? Linda? Fair. I was thinking of um, God says, uh, wives, submit unto your husband. Mm -hmm. I think it is part of honor as well. 
that we are to submit to our husbands. And I sometimes it's a bit challenging. And what's the other side of that? When we take it so far, no matter what they say, we do, regardless. So I, I see most things on a continuum. This is me. I see things on a continuum. So honor, wives, honor your husband. We're supposed to. Now, when he tells you we're getting ready to go steal X, Y, and Z, and, and you go against that, I, but I know people who say, but the Bible says I have to honor. So, you know, there's twisting and the enemy will take scripture and twist it. So we, we have to have, we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have a good conscience about the things that we say and do. But that is an excellent scripture. And any other scripture that God is bringing up, we do want to bring it. Let's go into the courts today. Anyone else? Any other scriptures come to mind? Now, what about taking this specifically to former slaves? What do you see in terms of dishonor that we need to repent of? Just um, come to mind immediately was the fact that the former slaves were cursing their masters, cursing the masters, cursing the land, cursing the people. I would imagine they were cursing the crops with what they had to do. What do you guys think? I can agree with that, but I want to take it a step further. In respect to um, African-Americans especially, um, I feel that a lot of us have internalized the standard of looks or standard of beauty and oftentimes dishonored themselves by putting down their particular natural traits and going towards something that is completely opposite of their natural um, body their natural appearance and i feel like that is a in my opinion that's a way of dishonoring themselves as well and with that dishonored what god said because we're made in the image of god what i'm thinking is uh the slaves used to honor their masters. They wouldn't curse in front of their masters. So they would honor in fear, not willingly honoring their masters. Uh, 
And I'm, I'm really thinking about, I would, this is me thinking, I don't, I don't have anything to go, but I would imagine that there was some poisoning of the masters as well, especially those who worked in the, in the um, houses. I, I would imagine there was some, yeah, I, I would imagine that there's been some poisoning as well of them. I also want to know, say something about um, the team, um, which um, African-Americans feel like the Africa is not, um, has sold them out. But in reality, um, Africans like me being a black Africans, I yearn for a uh, black American if they want to come back to motherland, they are welcome because Africa is so massive and um, nobody feels that they don't belong. So that is one thing I, I feel guilty of the past. And then I feel also happy that people should be feel welcome. Where there should not be animosity between African-Americans and African-Africans because we are one, um, we are from one descendants. So how do you see that, Kathy, in terms of uh, us working on dishonor today? Dishonoring yes. one another? Yeah. Kathy, um, on that, but I wanna take it a, a, a step further. Um, I'm a teacher and, um, I've heard some um, kids, black kids here in America say disrespectful things about our heritage, about Africa, about even in regard to slavery here and, and, and putting down um, their ancestors for going through certain things. And again, these are really young kids. So I think that for some people have really dishonored their heritage, um, our ancestors, um, even the land here. Just so many aspects of it that is is um, is surprising or shocking that I'm that this actually is coming up as I, as you guys talk about this. There's a lot to it. Okay. I was looking at um, Joseph's story. Hmm. Joseph worked in the house of Potiphar. In my heart, I believe he was a young, handsome, and honoring young man. But Potiphar's wife took advantage of that and wanted to abuse him. And in the end, he ends up in prison for something he didn't commit. And that's the thing he did. He, um, what's that scripture that says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it to save many people alive. If you yeah. can look up that scripture, that would be great. Let us uh, include that. I'd like to go and do a court case today. If you guys are up for it, you see what God has to say about that. Hmm. 
This is interesting. So in the book, um, we have done, there's a, there's one that talks about dishonoring God and we have done that before. I might take that up and take a look at that as, as well because as we've dishonored one another, we of course we have dishonored God in that. But I really want us to be able to, um, to be free and to be able to take a look sometimes as being introspective of what's going on in my family line? What's going on with me? What are the, what are the different ways that I have dishonored? And we're, we wanna go into the court and repent for that. We know that the blood covers everything. And I thank God for those who are, are on today that are seers that, that can help us with what they're seeing. Uh, feel free to interject at any point. I just, I didn't know God wanted to deal with this. I, I really, this was not on my radar anywhere. Um, guys, remember last week I talked about some of the things that God was showing us. But I remember <laughs> the uh, angel that was talking to Oprah said, we don't have 3,000 years. We, we don't, what, what did that, what did that angel say, Oprah? He said we don't have another. His name was Warrior, and he said we don't have another. We don't have three thousand years. We don't have another three thousand years. This needs to be. We need to deal with things and see it quickly turn around. And I agree. We just don't. We don't want to see another generation. We don't have another three thousand. Still years. suffering from the. Mm -hmm. This of slavery. Uh -huh. Okay, so oh, somebody's putting scriptures in. Good. Okay. So let's go in. Linda, you haven't commented. You have anything? Well, I'm just thinking about a lot of things. I understand this is a, um, a website, you know, for the slavery of the, the Africans. But if you think about it, this is for all over the world. Every time um, you talk about what happened in, with your ancestors, the Aztec Indians come up, things in Mexico come up, and Thailand comes up, and that's what I receive from the Lord. So this can be taken for all over the world, and we have every continent. That. What was that? I was saying, we have been doing that. Every time we go into the court, we always say that it's for all those who have been enslaved, not just transatlantic. Yes, yes. thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, let's go in. So Father, we just come before you today knowing once again that you're good, knowing that you're awesome, knowing that you're wonderful and your mercy in all your ways. Psalms 100, uh, I think it's 104, says enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We come before you to thank you because you are a good God, to thank you for your mercies, to thank you for your tender kindness, to thank you for your love, to thank you how you continue to show us step by step what to do, to thank you for the sacrifice that was made that brings us back to you, to thank you for the reconciliation that's available, to thank you for all of your goodness. You are Jehovah and beside you there is no other. You are the risen God, and we bless you. We praise you. We honor you for your goodness, your mercies, your tender kindness. 
We praise what you're about to do and what you're going to accomplish today. We praise the fact that we can be about our father's business in the courts. Now, Father, we ask for entry today into the court of accusation to do this class action lawsuit on behalf of all those who have been enslaved, on behalf of all those who call on Yahweh. And we come in as a group through the blood of Jesus, for we know that he is the door and there is no other way. According to Daniel, the, the uh, judge was seated and the books were open. We are requesting for the continuation of this ongoing court case that the books would be open and that the records would be brought in of all the repentance, the judgments that we have received on behalf of those who have been enslaved. Father, we just come in knowing that your goodness will prevail once again. We invite the seven spirits of the Lord. We invite all those who have testimony today regarding honor and dishonor. Now, Father, we're requesting very specifically that um, Joseph will come in today to give testimony of the wrongs that were committed, but yet what you did. Father, we're requesting for the testimony of all those who have been unduly maligned, all those who have been dishonored for the cause of Christ. We're requesting that all those who have been martyred, who have been maligned for the cause of Christ, all those who are about their father's business, and yet people didn't see, people didn't understand what was being said. We asked for all those who had their voices silenced and did not have the opportunity to say what thus saith the Lord, whether that was speaking to their neighbor, to their sibling, to their child, to their spouse. We're asking that all those words, all those things that should have been spoken, that should have been released, that was not released, we're asking for that to be brought into the record today, all the way back from the beginning of time. Father, we're asking for those like your, like Jesus' mother, Mary, could give testimony about the dishonor that she received and yet she went on with a joyful heart anyway. We're asking, Father, for all those who have been dishonored in this current time frame for the cause of Christ that have been dishonored because they wanted to speak what you said, that have been dishonored because they had a revelation that others had not tapped into. Okay, what's the name of the, the man from Azusa Street? William Seymour. Father, all the ways that he was dishonored, we're requesting testimony from William Seymour. And the things that he did, how he sat with a bag over his head, but the Holy Spirit fell. The fire of God was upon all that was done. Father, we're asking for all those who were the hidden ones that yet they joyfully did what you requested of them. 
they did their part without spilling venom on others. We're requesting for that testimony today. Now we come before you individually and we come before you corporately so that we can repent of the dishonor that has been done. Let me begin. Father, I come before you and I thank you for an audience with the judge. I thank you for the opportunity to repent about the dishonor that I have done, dishonor with my parents, things that I have spoken. And Father, I bring those things that were unspoken, but I thought that were not honorable. I ask you, Father, to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me for all the employers that I felt dishonored me, coworkers, employees. Father, uh, the times that I went in stores and felt like I was being stalked mm. as a black person, where I felt like I had been targeted because they thought I was gonna steal something. All the different ways that I have been spoken to and maligned, where people just spoke to me with dishonor. I ask that you would forgive me for those that I retaliated in like manner and I spoke to them and it was not out of the Holy Spirit but it was out of another spirit. Father, I come before you and I admit it and I say that I, not, I will not minimize, I'll not justify and I'll not rationalize. But Father, I'm asking that you would forgive me, that you would wash me clean, clean and you would remit the sin. And I also bring my bloodline on my mother's side and my father's side all the way back to the very beginning of time, all the different ways that we have dishonored those whom we've had a relationship with, those we have covenant with, those that we have been um, in all the different ways, business with. Father, I stand here before you and I ask that you would remit the sin up and down the family tree, up and down the family line, Father, every place and every space that we were dishonoring of others. And then when it came back to us, we never saw it. We were blinded by our own jealousy. We were blinded by our own pride. And we did not see that that which we had sown, we were not reaping. So Father, I stand here before you and I repent of that. And I ask, Father, that you would forgive me, forgive my bloodline, Forgive my people and forgive my nation for the different things that we have done where we have sown dishonor and then we reaped it. Jesus. Who'd like to go next? Father, I repent on behalf of myself, my bloodline, and Father God, us as a people, for the dishonor that we have placed on the covenant of marriage, Father. Father, where there has been no honor between wives, there has been no honor between husbands. Father, where there has been um, infighting for position within the household, Father, that turned a home into a battlefield. Father, we repent for 
what has been passed down from generation to generation that a woman needs to make sure she looks out for herself. Uh, even uh, don't share all your money with your husband. A whole bunch of foolishness, Lord God. We repent because it was not honorable. Father, we repent for every time that we did not honor our husbands as the head. Father, we repent for every time we did not show him of love and respect. Father, we repent in Jesus' name. And we ask for restoration into the uh, homes, restoration into the family. Restore us to the glory that you had in the garden before the fall, Lord God. Restore. And we lay that before you just for the honor of husband and the honor of wives. But Father, I really feel especially for the dishonor. I repent for the dishonor that has been shown to husbands in the household. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Who's next? Um, I've got a, a verse here from 1 Samuel 2, verse 29. It says, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I have prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of my offering made by my people Israel? I believe this was a message for Prophet Eli because he was allowing his children to take the offering which was meant for the Lord and they were eating it before not following what God had commanded them to do. So I want to repent because in our lives we've got children, we've got associates, that sometimes we want to honor them more than we can honor our own, our father. So now, Father, I'm, I'm just asking you to help us that we may be able to come back to you, Father, and know that you come first before anything else, and that we will teach our children to honor you. We'll teach our children to honor their fathers, to honor their mothers. When we look at the society we live in today, children have lost honoring parents, honoring those that are older than, older than them, honoring those that are in, in, in authority. They think they know everything, yet you have commanded that they have to honor so as a result, our lives have been shortened because the Bible says if we don't honor, we have to honor our parents so that we can have a longer life. So we are questioning why are we not living longer? Because we are not honoring God in the way that he's supposed to. And we as parents, we need to enforce God into our homes, into our, into our children's lives. So we are asking, Father, that you will guide us, lead us in the way to go. Forgive us where we have failed to teach our children. Forgive us where we have failed to honor our husband. Forgive us where we also have failed to honor our parents. We ask that 
the blood of Yeshua will go all the way back right to the Garden of Eden, Father. Wash us, wash us free. We apply the blood of Yeshua to this sin of dishonor, Father. Yes, Father, we ask that you would um, release us from this sin of dishonoring parents. In the mighty name of Yeshua. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, with that, we come before you and say that we have dishonored you, especially in, in the African tradition. When we have honored so much the elders, we, we, we talk about the elders and the ancients and the traditions as opposed to honoring what you have said. Father, everything that the elders have said and the ancients, we have had ungodly elders. We've had ungodly uh, people in our bloodline, ungodly things happening with our tribes and with our nations and with our tongue. Father, we just say, uh, again, I just see that um, continuum where we've gone too far, where we've, 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 we've honored over you and you have to be on top. So Father, we just come before you and we ask that you would forgive us for every time we place the elders, the ancients, um, those who came before over the word of God and over what you're saying and over what we should be doing. Because we honored the traditions, there's that scripture where we make the, um, what does it say, the, make the cross of Christ of no effect because we're so wor worried about the traditions and honoring the elders. Father, we went too far. We went too far. We went too far. And we stand here before you. We ask that the blood of Jesus will be the propitiation for that sin. We call it what it is. We call it out. It's sin. We thank you for it. Who's next? Father, according to First Samuel 2, verse 8, it says, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sits them in, he sits them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundation of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. So, Father, we come to you and we say, Father, raise us up. Because you say you raise the poor from the dust and, and lifts the needy from the ash heaps. We are a needy people. We are poor, Father. We ask you to raise us up, Father. Raise us up and sit, and sit us with princes so that we may inherit a throne of honor. Father, we ask that you would raise us up, that we may inherit that throne of honor and sit with princes in this season and in this time. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fathers, we come to you this evening here in the UK. I don't know what time it is in the US. Um, we just thank you for glorifying your word, glorifying you from the past as from the beginning. We just bring everything to you to wash us through our bloodlines and our present. 
Father, as we bring everything to you, all these burdens for our children, for our husbands, for ourselves and our jobs, as we enslave ourselves to working so hard, not working for you. Father, we just want you to guide us, to let us see you as the creator of our lives. Nothing can exist without you. You should be the first and the last in our lives. Father, we just thank you that you are able to unite us from all continents. Will you repent for the um, dishonor you were talking about earlier between the Africans and, and the, uh, the others? Yes, please. Father, we just want you to unite us as one person, one children of one ancestors, Father. We just want you to show the truth about this beginning of slavery, which was started by other, other people to confuse African people and African-Americans. Father, we just want to bring unity between us and give us the love that began from the beginning. This is a big thing. It is still going on, Father. Father, Africa is a very rich continent, but we are still enslaved economically for reasons known, reasons known because of the wealth which is underneath Africa. Father, we just want to release that continent from poverty, poverty which has been deliberately created so that people can continue struggling for every single item. And yet all the minerals of all this technology right now is comes from Africa. Father God, we just want to release your anger and free the African people, free them from any economic problems which has been created. The enslaving of economic power in Africa has just led people in Africa to be so desperate. Father, we know that most of the leaders have been put there so that they can be continue plundering the wealth of Africa. Africa is a rich continent. There shouldn't be people struggling right now. But Father, we bring everything to you because you are the creator of all this wealth. We want you to lead into this problem, lead into this continent and show the reality and grace that you are the father who has got judgment over us. As we cry to you, Father, we don't like going to stream out into other people's uh, countries because we've got our own continent, which is so beautiful. It is a beautiful continent. We shouldn't be struggling going out. Father, we just thank you and we honor you because you know our pain inside us. You know how we yearn to be in home. We know that we, our lives want to be where we belong. We just want you to show us and we just forgive us if we are here in Europe and pretend that we are happy. Father, Africa is the home for us and we've got roots there. We just thank you that you want to continue showing us the love we have for that land. Cleanse it from anything that is not of you so that it must be back to its glory, the land of Eden, which you created.
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My God, yes. So Father, we just ask that you would forgive us for dishonoring you, for all the idolatry, all the witchcraft, all the worship, all the demonic sacrifices that have taken place on that land and, and how it's continued with that people. Father, we stand here before you knowing that we have a mixture of about five different countries of Africa. So Father, I just stand here before you on behalf of the entire continent and ask that you would forgive and that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation for the sin. Every time that we went into some type of demonic trade, a contract covenant, some type of agreement, and we sold ourselves out, we sold our brothers out, we sold out the other tribes. Father, we stand here before you and we will not minimize what was done. We will not justify. And we certainly don't come here today to rationalize. But Father, we know that there's still the circumstances of what our ancestors done that's still taking place and it will be passed on to another generation if you don't step in with your greatness, with your glory, with your mighty armies. Father, we are asking today that even as we have done this repentance, like so many others that have repented on behalf of the witchcraft and, and the profane worship that's still taking place, Father, we ask that you would put the blood of Jesus between us, between those who are following Yahweh and those who have gone a different way, and that once again, we could reap the benefits of the land. Reap the benefits of what you placed there. Reap the benefits of the origin. Reap the benefits of being um, the fertile crescent that you made it to be and that we could once again be one people. And we bless you for that. We thank you, oh God. We know that we have dishonored you, but we stand here today, Father, to recovenant with you once again. To recovenant with you once again on behalf of every tribe, every nation, and every tongue. We requested the recovenant with you. Let me check in with you guys. I'd like to see, hear what you're seeing here in Simpson. Oh yeah, um, I want to repent, Father, for before you do that. Time. Sam, I, I, I want to see where we're at with the court cases. Okay. I want to, I want to hear what we're seeing, sensing, or um, what's going on in the courtroom. Well, as soon as you you stated, I want to see what's going on in the courtroom. It's almost like a I saw a scale, scale being lifted, um, some of the weights being removed from a scale, like a justice scale. And what is the scale? It's the scales of justice. So if the scales are being removed, it's being tilted or it's being even, what, what's it doing? It's, it's tilting, um, it's tilting. And then I saw um, an evil being, it seems as if it's trying to testify. Um, it doesn't look large as statue, so I don't know if it has a lot of authority to it. So, but I'll, I'll try to focus in. Yeah. Okay, we're on the right track for the repentance then. This is good, go right ahead, Sam. I hope this is relevant. Um, I want to repent for the times where we have uh, made agreements with people, maybe signing a contract 
and then people dishonor that contract. So uh, I believe that those things happen because maybe someone in our generations did that or something like that. So I, I want to repent, Father, for the time that in our lives we have dishonored contracts. We have not gone ahead with contracts. And we ask you to forgive us and forgive all our generational bloodlines where at any point we did not go ahead with what we had promised because contracts can be anything that you are saying to anyone and the times when we have not honored our word because it's so important for us to keep our word. So we ask you to forgive us for any time we have failed to honor the words that we promised, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we want to forgive those that have not honored their contracts to us as well. We want to release them and we want to bless them, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, yes. Father there, there is something that I'm noticing now. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it's ignorance or what I don't know. There are so many people that are now dealing in these cryptocurrencies and they don't honor their words. They steal people's money, Father. They are stealing from us using their words, using their cleverness or something. I, I don't know how to put it, Father, but there's so much uh, swindling of money from people to people because maybe people are ignorant. So for me, Father, I want to repent because it is because of ignorance and not people honoring their contracts, honoring their words, and yet wanting to make profit from people who are ignorant. People work so hard for their money, Father. In the mighty name of Yeshua, if there is any theft in our lives, in our generations, Father, we ask you to forgive us any place in our lives where we have opened ourselves to stealing, to people stealing from us, we ask you to take the blood of Yeshua and shut those doors, Father, because we want to prosper as you have promised us, Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua. Anyone else? I want to pray on behalf of... Um some of these young people. So I'm, I'm just going to start. So Father, I just thank you for hearing our prayers and our requests, Father. I thank you for loving us and protecting us and providing for us. Father, on behalf of our youth and our, um, our adults, I want to pray um, to you and ask forgiveness for dishonoring our community, Father. Father, there's been trends of people throwing trash, um, furniture, just rubbish into our community and dishonoring what you have provided for us. Father, I also want to repent on behalf of our community on how we dishonor our elders. Many of our elders have fought for us, was a part of the civil rights movements. And a lot of our youth and even people my age have just completely dishonored the living sacrifice that they've given. 
They dishonor the fact that people laid down their will on Bloody Sunday, Father. Father, they dishonor their ancestors, even um, grandparents, those who sacrifice, work two and three jobs to make things work for them, to give them a better life, Lord. Father, I also want to repent on behalf of um, the adolescents for the music, the music, the songs, the vile language, dishonoring their bodies by being scantily clad in order to gain attention. Father, I just I also repent on behalf of our, um, our brothers and sisters who are participating in and violence and aggression and activities, all for notoriety, just basically participating in idolatry because they want a certain status or a certain image, Father. Father, I ask that you would just forgive them and forgive us. Cleanse our lands, Lord. Father, I ask that you will put into place, put into place angels, heavenly beings that would allow us to regain our land, to regain a godly structure in our community, that you will allow our children to see the need to honor themselves, their family, and their country. So Father, going to the country, Lord, I have heard many of people, especially um, minorities, stating that this is not their country, that America is not their country. Father, though we may have been brought here through boats or what have you, Father, this is our land. You have allowed us to be here. You have given us destinies that are tied to this land, Lord. Father, I ask that you will bring a way to remove that false identity, that people will be able to say that, yes, I am American and I am proud that they will uphold the, the righteous nation, the righteous nature of this nation that you have put us here to do, Father. Father, I thank you that I know that you are designing appropriate um, structures and laws and appropriate leaders to allow us to regain the proper disposition of our hearts and our, and our um, readiness to do what is right here in this country, Lord. Father God, I also ask that you will bring into place appropriate songs, appropriate gatherings, appropriate things in order for us to continue to properly um, honor you and ourselves, Lord. Father, I ask that you would just reverse those curses, remove those curses, that we have spoken over the land, that we've spoken over our body, that we have spoken over things that you have given to us that we have just easily tossed aside. Father, we thank you for just being there for us, for guiding us to putting the right people in place so we'll be able to do your will. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, anyone else? Father, I bring as a witness Romans 13, 1. It says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, 
and the authorities that exist or appointed by God. Father, I repent on behalf of myself, my generational line, and us as people, Lord God, as a people group, for all the dishonor that we have shown to authorities. First of all, beginning with our presidents, Father God, there have been times where we, I've actually heard people say how they hate whoever is president. Father, we have dishonored that office, that position. Father, we have dishonored other leaders in our nation, in our local community, in, each, in our individual states. Father, and even leaders around the world. Father, we, I repent now in Jesus' name. Lord, we repent and we want to restore honor to those who are in authority over us. Even in our local police, um, we would like to honor them, Lord God. Forgive us for, for showing dishonor. We know everything that is done is not right, but Father, we still choose to honor the office and the position of our police officers and all those who are in authority over us, Lord God, in the court system, in every other um, place of authority in our nation. So I repent and we appropriate the blood of Jesus, Lord God, to wipe clean that stain of dishonor and really almost hatred for those who are in authority over us in Jesus' name. Anyone else? Father, we just ask that you would forgive us for the system that have been in place that dishonor. We have systems that are in place in our communities and in our nations that are simply systems of dishonor. Whether we're talking about um, some of the housing systems, some of the banking systems, I just see systems of dishonor. They're all intertwined and intertangled. And we have the expectation of dishonor, the expectation that integrity is no longer a part of what we are and who we are. Father, there, there were simpler times where there was integrity. So we're asking now that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation for the sin, where it's simply a system of dishonor. I do what I want to, how I want to. It's all about me. Father, that me generation is turned into a system of dishonor where everybody's okay as long as you're doing what's, what, what's the, your truth. Father, I just stand here before you and repent for that because there is but one truth and that is what you say. I don't have a truth and everybody else on here have a different truth and we'd be okay with it. So anytime that we have succumbed to the culture of your truth, and we have succumbed to the culture. For some reason, I keep seeing um, Oprah Winfrey. Well, that's your truth. And that's your truth. And the talk shows, everybody has their truth. So everybody's now do whatever their truth is. Father, I just stand here before you and I repent on behalf of ourselves, our generations, our nations, our cultures, 
that have allowed for each person to say what truth is to them, as if there is no standard of truth. Oh, God. Oh, God. There's a standard of truth. Father, we ask that the standard of truth will once again be pressed into our, our minds, our bodies, our soul, our spirits, and our land, that God's standard of truth will stand and that everything else will fall. All of those little G gods, I can do what I want to. This is my life and I can do what I want to. Father, you're the giver of life. <laughs> if we don't come to you and say, what is my design and what is it that you want, would have me to do, then we're going to be off track and we'll be dishonoring of you and dishonoring of our time on this earth. So I stand here before you, Father, I repent for when we have dishonored ourselves and dishonored our time on this earth, when we haven't come to you to get our design, our blueprint, and to see what it is that you would have us to do. And, and I'm coming back to what Susan said earlier, when we didn't believe it, when we heard it. It's like, no, I can't do that. Well, we made the decision that the lies that we had heard and what we believed about ourselves supersede what you say, your truth. Father, we have dishonored you and we've done it over and over again. And then we justified it and we rationalized it. I stand here before you and say, I know I have. But I ask, Father, that the blood would be the propitiation for that sin. And I, I call it out. It's sin. It's sin not to walk in the giftings and the anointings and the things that you called us to do. It's giftings. It's, it's sin when we don't open our mouth to give encouragement to others. I'm reminded of a time in heaven where I went to a room that was lost and found. And one of the things that was in the room was unspoken words, where we did not open our mouth to give someone what God had given us for, for them. So Father, I stand here and I repent how we dishonored ourselves, our purpose, and you for the unspoken words. And I ask that you would forgive us. And I ask that the fire of God would come and burn that up every time, every space, and every place where we decided, well, I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay quiet. I'm not gonna say anything. Father, we know that when we do that, we have walked right into the enemy's camp and we're, we're trading on the wrong trading floor when you've given us words to say. So we repent for stepping on the wrong trading floor and not speaking the words and the encouragement and the hopes and the dreams that you have given us and not walking in the things of God that you've given us. What's going on in the courtroom? Anybody seen anything? I see Paul. He is in the courtroom and he's taking notes. Like he's writing down as we're here. He's taking notes. 
I can't see what he's writing, but I can see that he's taking notes. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. I see a movie screen and it appears to be like a timeline. And so for each particular issue that we're presenting, I see that the um, scribe is also writing down some things in regard to that particular moment in time. Thank you, Lord. I want to read some scriptures. I'm really, I really, when um, Sam brought up that scripture about Joseph, about what Joseph did, I'm, I'm looking for that. Because Joseph went through some, he was dishonored, and yet still he was made ruler. I think it was in 45. Genesis 45 is what I'm looking at. Okay, I found it. Joseph 40, um, Joseph. Genesis 45, chapter 45, and what verse is it? Um, I'm gonna just read the beginning of 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him and he cried cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am Joseph, does my father yet live? And his brethren couldn't answer him for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For God did send me before you to preserve life. I'm kind of stuck on that. Because with all of the pain of the slaves and all of the things that took place, God yet has purpose in everything. So my, my question to you and I'm proposing to those of you who are here, God has a purpose in everything. Everything that the enemy meant for bad, God will always turn it around for good. But the only way that he can do that is, is when we forgive, release and bless. So as we forgive, release, and bless our captors, those who um, dishonored, those who sold us, our brethren, then God can use that for our good. And I stand here before you, Lord, in your courtroom and say, I know that, that what, ha what has been done has, to been, has been to preserve life. 
And I stand here before you and I say that it wasn't what they did, but that you sent us to America. You sent us to the Caribbean. You sent us all to all these different nations to preserve life. There is a reason and a purpose behind every tear. There's a reason and a purpose behind all the pain, all the separation of families. We say that in this courtroom, God, you have purpose in this all. And as we stand here before you and we forgive, release, and bless, as you tell us to do in your scripture, Father, we, we will not hold on to hatred. We will not hold on to animosity and grudges. We will not hold on to the pain and the trauma and the hurt. We will not hold on to it. But Father, we release it to you. We release it on our scapegoat. We release it on Jesus Christ. What he did, he paid the price. We will not look for another to pay the price. Father, no more generation after generation waiting for something that man will never be able to pay back. We stand here before you, Father, and we forgive, we release, and we bless. And all those places that we dishonored, where we didn't do what Joseph did, and we didn't continue to bless you. Father, if any of our ancestors cursed you because of circumstances, the pain and the traumas that they went through, please forgive us. We ask you, Father, that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation, that you would wash us, that you would cleanse us, that you would sanctify us, and that you would call us back into that place, back into position to do all that you called us to, to do and to be. No more having our identity stripped away. No more sitting outside of the mansion and we, we, when we own the mansion as if we're paupers. Father, you called us kings and priests from the foundation of the earth. And we stand here before you knowing who we are and whose we are. Father, we stand here before you and say that no matter what trade covenant contract was made with our ancestors all the way back to the beginning through the Nephilim, through constellations, all of that, we stand here before you and say we reject it, we denounce it, we have no agreement with any of it because you've made us to be a proud people and not proud in the sense of the Leviathan, but proud in the sense of knowing who we are in you. And the nations of the earth are calling for those who will be um, deliverers. And you called us to be deliverers, to deliver our families, our nations, our communities. Father, so we strip all of the muzzles off so that we can shine with the light of Christ, knowing who you are. You're a great God. You're a magnificent God. You are our Lord, our Savior. You're everything that we have need of. Now, Father, let the books be written. Let it be written in our books of life, in our nations, in our communities, in our families, that we'll serve you forever and a day into perpetuity. 
that our children are dedicated to the one true living God. Our grandchildren, all of our projects will always have a light before you. We'll always open our mouth and speak what thus saith the Lord. Father, we take the muzzles off. Take the muzzles off. You ought to do a prophetic act and take the muzzles off. All of the restraints. The, and, and, and the binders off of our minds. All those things that have bound us in captivity. We take it off. Jesus, so that we can flow, so that we can grow, so that we can work and be about our Father's business. Our feet are set on the right path, God. Every place that our feet have been defiled, we ask that you would cleanse them with your, your living water, cleanse our feet the places that we walk that weren't godly. Father, take the tongues off the altar and cleanse our tongue. Cleanse our hearts. Every place that we're still jacked up in our thinking. Every place that we're still jacked up in the things that we say. Our behaviors. Father, we need a cleansing and a purging as never before. We don't have, we're in an agreement with the angel warrior. We don't have another 3,000 years. We don't have that time. We don't want our, our, our progeny to continue to deal with the same thing generation after generation after generation. Father, when we stand before you, when our time has come and we, and we release this body, we want to be able to say, we did that which you purposed for us to do, what was written in our book. We spoke, we went, we, we, we spoke, we, we spoke out those things. We called light in dark places. We were the light in dark places. We released light. We released life. Every place we go, Father, let us release light where there's been darkness. Let us stop hiding. It's time to stop hiding. Stop, time to stop playing ourselves short. Because when we do that, we play God short. I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here waiting. I'm just waiting. No more. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving. Father, it reminds me of, of the um, lepers. You healed them as they went. Same thing you did at the, at the pool of Bethesda. Are you just going to sit there? Well, 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 every time, no excuses. Take up our beds and we'll walk. We'll walk in our healings. 
what you said to Moses. What is that in your hand? Go forward. Father, we stand here before you said we'll go forward as a people and our family groups and our tribes, our nations. Father, we go forward in you. Let the body of Christ move forward. No more dishonoring of one another. Jesus, you paid a high price for us. You paid a high price. And Father, we want you to get all, all that you paid for. Let nothing be left on the table. Do we need to do anything else? Oh, okay, let me read chat. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So what, what do we want to replace the curses? Father, all the blessings that you spoke, speak of in Deuteronomy 28, let me hold on, folks. We're about to read some scriptures. Everything that you spoke of in Deuteronomy 20, 28, Father, all the blessings for our generations. Father, hold on, let me find it. I'm also thinking, Father, about the hidden riches in secret places. I think that's in Isaiah. If anybody can get that scripture and put that up for me. Father, there's some things that have been hidden that we're not even aware of. Some of this stuff has left our generations for so long, we don't even know that it's ours. We don't even know what to ask for. It's been so long that, we, that the enemy has used our resources, has used our giftings, has used our anointing. Some, some of this, Father, we don't even know what to ask for. So we're, I'm, I'm asking that the books would be open. All that has been lost, all that has been abdicated, sold, bartered off, and used by the enemy. Every time we stepped on the wrong trading floor for all the wrong reasons, everything that we receive from the enemy, we want it, give it all back. You are nothing in, the, in our house of the enemies. Not nothing. Every jot and every tittle, we want it removed and cleansed out of our bodies, our personage, our finances, our thought patterns. We want nothing of the enemy left. Deuteronomy 28 says, and it shall come to pass if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do. Father, we come before you to observe and to do all of your commandments. And we're asking to be set on high above all the nations of the earth. You said that the blessings would come and overtake us. We're asking, Father, for the blessings to simply overtake us as long as we hearken unto your voice. You said we'd be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Father, we're asking to be blessed in the city and the field, blessed in the fruit of our bodies, blessed the fruit of our ground, blessed the fruit of our cattle, the increase of our kind, the flocks of our sheep, 
Father, we're asking that our baskets in our store be full, that um, when we come out and we go in, that we will be blessed. Father, we're asking that our enemies would be, um, would be smitten before our face. And that even though they have come against us one way, that they would flee seven ways. We're asking, Father, that we can command the blessing upon all of our storehouses and that our storehouses would be returned to our families, that our storehouses would return to our tribes and to our nations. We're asking for the return of the storehouses. And you said that everything that we set our hand to do would be blessed. That's what we're asking for. We're asking, Father, that we would be established. Oh, God. We are standing here before you and asking to be established. This computer. We're asking to be established as a holy people unto you. As we keep your commandments. And Father, we're asking that the people of the earth will see. Father, we're asking that the people of the earth who don't know who we are will see who we are, will see what you've made us to do, will see and be blessed because we are in their nations, because we're in their communities, and because we're in their neighborhoods. Father, we're asking further that you would make us plenteous and good and our bodies and the fruit of our body and the fruit of our cattle and the fruit of the ground and the land which you swore unto our fathers, that you would open up the good treasure <laughs> and the heaven to give the rain and the land in its season and that you would bless the work of our hands and that we would land where we've been borrowing. We're asking that we would lend that there be an overflow of the basket. There'd be an overflow. So it'd be enough for us and those around us, Father, that we would make a difference in our communities with the widows, with the orphan, with the fatherless, that there be an overflow, Father, that we could bless everywhere we go, that we would cause us to be a blessing. Father, this is what we're asking for in replace, replacement of the blessing, of the cursing. Okay, let me finish reading this. Father, all of the gold that has been taken and used by the enemy, and some of it's been hidden, but it, whether it was by contract, covenant, whether there was a barter, where the people of the land, talk, talking specifically of Africa, no longer had access to their own resources because they had been divvied up. Everybody came and took a piece of them. We're asking that the gold be returned, the resources, the diamonds, all the wealth that you had for the nations and that the enemy corrupted and corrupted the leaders. All the bribing that has been done so that only a few at the top get to enjoy the resources. 
when the people are in need. We're asking, Father, for that to be turned around. We're asking for that to be right. We call that an injustice. And it's a dishonoring of their own people and the land and their family. We're asking for the scales of justice to be righted and that the gold and the resources, all the hidden treasures would be put back into the right hands. And you know who those people are. We don't stand here and say we know. You know, and we trust you. You're, you, you know what needs to be done. Father, we're also requesting a resetting of time. The enemy always wants to change the times and seasons, it says in Daniel. So we're, we're requesting before you today that the times will be put back into your timeline and Father, that it would be set so the enemy no longer could hamper, could tamper with the times and the seasons. We're asking that we would be uh, so entwined in your time and season. We'd be tied up, tangled up with Yahweh that the enemy would no longer even dare to tamper with your times and seasons. So Father, we're asking even for the tuning fork to be put over the people so that the frequencies that we hear and the sounds that we hear would no longer be demonic and would no longer be dishonoring and would no longer be disruptive to our bodily systems. Father, thank you for the returning of the land, the plush land. Father, even in the Christian community, we're asking for the ability to work together, the ability to work side by side, the ability to honor one another again, the ability to come together for the common good, the ability to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Father, you, and I'm seeing this like, for those of you who, um, especially math teachers, there's more than one way to get to the same um, answer. So because I go this way and you go that way, that doesn't make you evil because you don't see it like I see it. And that's one of the things that we have continued to do in the body of Christ. Well, no, well, God told me to do this. Well, God told me to do that. Well, that's okay as long as we're getting to the same place. God doesn't have to do the same thing with you that he's doing with me. He doesn't have to do it the same way. Father, I'm, I'm just asking for us to have some love and compassion for one another that we can work together. You gave us the body of Christ. The head, the arms, the legs, the feet, the heart all working together in harmony. We stand here before you, we request that the harmony of your body would return and that we would walk like a militarized army and sink. Everybody has their own duty. Everybody has their own assignment, but we can do it together. If we do it according to what you're giving us, we are requesting that we could work together. We are requesting a harmony that we've not had. We stand here before you and say we are guilty. 
because we've been pointing the finger at our brother. And we know that that goes back from the very beginning. The enemy came in from the very beginning. Father, we're asking that the blood of Jesus would be the propitiation, would cover it, and we're asking that there be a harmony that we've not seen in any season past. That there be a harmony coming to the body of Christ as we have never experienced. And that it will go into perpetuity forever and ever and ever. Okay, let me look. Very good. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, anybody have anything about the whale? I'm not sure on the whale. I'm going to have to. Any ideas on what's going on with that? I'm telling you, it kind of reminds me of an elephant. I don't know if you guys have heard of that saying, um, there's an elephant in the room and nobody wants to deal with, with the elephant. I know my son had a drink about a whale a while ago, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you can see anything on that one. Anything else anybody seeing, hearing, sensing? We need to do with this design. Hey, Rebecca, good to have you. This design, I, I like I said, I didn't know God was going to have us deal with that. Go ahead, Sam. You got something? Uh, not at the moment. Anybody else? Anything we need to do with design or anything else going on in the courtroom? Father, I'm, I'm just going to remind the court that we are requesting, once again, that the systems of dishonor will be dismantled and disbanded. The systems of dishonor, the systemic dishonoring, whether it's in our jobs, in our homes, and the banking systems, the mortgage systems, when somebody's going to get a... Um, when people go into the grocery stores or they go into retail shops, there's been a, a, they're going to get food. There's been this systematic dishonoring that's been going on. And we're asking that the repentance that we have done this day would make a difference and it would be a manifest difference that people would no longer feel dishonored by teachers in school and by the principals and in their workplaces and when they go to they want to buy homes there's that, that there's that thing about well who do you think you are well you you can't have this it's almost like i still see the enemy pushing back saying no you can't have this but he's a liar because we know who we are so, Father, every place that our nations have bought into the system of dishonoring and have been entangled in that web of lies and deceit of the enemy, we're asking for the blood of Jesus to cover that, and we release them, we bless them, 
but we ask for dismantling of all those systems of dishonor. And for some reason I'm seeing when Martin Luther King, yeah, he was killed. He was killed when he went to uh, walk with the Memphis, Tennessee uh, trash collectors. And I just see them walking around with these great big signs saying, I am a man. I am a man. That's a system of dishonoring that they had to put a sign on saying, I am a man. Father, that's what we're asking for the dismantling. The systems and where they overlap with one another and cause the dishonoring in all parts of, um, of our communities. We're asking for dismantling of the, those systems. And we stand here before you and say, regardless of the sacrifices that are still being done, we still are asking and saying that the blood of Jesus supersedes all of those sacrifices. His blood is enough. That one-time sacrifice, no matter how the enemy has continued to do it with the sacrifices of, of with the abortion, we know that that's child sacrifice. The, the sex trafficking, we know that that's sacrifice. The suicides, we know that that's sacrifice. The violence, the bloodshed, the gang activity, the um, drugs, all of that is a sacrifice to keep the enemy's system going. But we say that God, what Jesus did, according to Isaiah 53, let me, let me get that. Father, according to your word, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him and we despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he <laughs> had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We did, we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God, but he, was bruised for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon him. And because of every strike that he took, we are healed. So even in this courtroom this day, we say that all that Jesus did, past, present, and future, was the propitiation was the punishment. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And nothing else supersedes what he accomplished. That transaction stands. And we appropriate that transaction in this courtroom this day. Okay. Where we at, guys?
Scrolls being released. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mighty God. And recompense. Yes, Lord. Yes, we are asking for recompense. We're asking, Father, for everything that should have been released. And you said, according to your word, that when the enemy is found, he had to pay that at least double up to his household. So again, we're asking for the booty. We're asking for the plunder. We're asking for all of his resources and wealth yet to come. And Father, we're asking for a permanent restraining order against this, these, your people, that the enemy cannot come back with the same thing and try to torture, torment, or place them into captivity again. We say never again. We're asking for a permanent restraining order that will be put in place around all of those, oh God, who are a part of this class action lawsuit. And again, I remind the court that that is those who have had slavery in their background from the beginning of time, across time, throughout time. No more, no more stealing of the people's wealth, their labor, their resources, their energy. No more. We ask that every cord would be cut. Every cord, every space and place. And that everything that they had of ours would be returned back into the kingdom of your son. To be distributed as you see fit. At the timing that you see fit. But we're asking for a quick manifestation. We're asking that the angels would be released to retrieve all that belongs to us. We're asking that the angels would be released to herald the good news. We're asking that the angels of healing would be released to the mind, to the body, to the soul, to the spirit. We're asking that the angels would be released to herald what it is that you're doing and how you're going about doing it. We're asking that the angels of hope will be released. We're asking that the angels of dreams will be released to your people once again, that they will once again in the nighttime see your goodness, your mercies, your grace, your tender kindness. That once again, that the body of Christ, that you would release the angels to the body of Christ for the reconciliation and the, um, the commitment to work together as a body unit once again in lockstep. Father, we're asking that uh, you would commission your troops, those who are on the earth that are supposed to release the blessings, that are supposed to speak your word. We're asking that they would be commissioned in the night season to release what it is that you've given them. We're asking that your warrior angels would be released for protection. Release them, oh God. Release them. Father, we're asking that if there are any angels that have been in captivity, that the enemy has captured, as uh, I forgot what scripture that was in, where, where the Prince of Persia had held back those messenger angels, that, that our resources would be released to retrieve any angels that have been captured because there are messages that have to be released and that we would be sensitive enough to receive. 
sensitive enough to, to hear and to receive when it's time for us to change the things that we've done, our ways of thinking, our ways of reacting, the trauma, the changes, Father, that we would be released to feel it, to know it, and to walk in it, in this new path. Father, we're asking that you would set our feet on a new path and our feet would no longer be defiled, that our tongues would no longer be defiled. Father, that we would come to you quickly when we realize that we got off somewhere and that we would repent quickly to those who are we're in relationship with, those we're in covenant with, no matter what, what uh, time or space, social media included. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we covenant with you once again. We covenant with you. We're reminded of the covenant, God. You gave us great and precious promises. So there's nothing that surpasses your covenant. We thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, how you reconciled us to you. Jesus Christ, the, the obedience. You suffered greatly. And I thank you for being obedient. And I'm going to ask Jesus to release to us obedience. To release once again to the body, the renewing of obedience, the renewal of, of being obedient. There's great recompense of reward. That's in Hebrews. Anybody have that scripture in Hebrews? There is great recompense. When we have stood strong and we have stood faithful, God, there's great recompense of reward. I think it's in Hebrews 10. Uh, I'm going to start at Hebrews 10 and 19. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holy, holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to, to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Father, I ask that you would, um, Jesus, I'm asking that you would release to us that without wavering, that we wouldn't waver. We wouldn't waver in the day of adversity, that we would stand strong in who you are. We need that steadfast faith for the days of yet to come, that we would not waver, that we would not back down, that we would not kowtow, that we would stand on what it is you've given us to stand on. I don't I don't know where that scripture is. Did anybody else have it? 
So, um, Father, we, we stand here on the scripture that talks about our confidence, that we have great recompense because of our confidence in you, through you, our hopes, Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. Thank you, Lord. Just want to check in with you guys, Rebecca. Are you seeing anything? Yeah. Linda, are you seeing anything? Anybody there? Oh, no, I, I, I heard something else, but I, I haven't seen anything. Anybody else? Yeah, I really got the impression that something was taking place. Thank you. Thank you. Give me one second, folks. Is there anything else that anybody has before we close out? I want to leave this case in the hands of our advocate if there's anything else that needs to be done at a later time. Just want to thank the judge for all that you're doing. We are asking for a verdict on behalf of the dishonoring. We'd like to know what your pleasure is today. 
And if there's anything else that we need to deal with regarding this whale in the US. Okay. You guys aren't getting anything? I heard ring the bell. And what does that mean? I don't know. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to see what it means. I, so far, I heard bells. Um, well, looking it up, uh, so far, I've seen bells mean holiness. Hold on, I'm trying to find it again. Okay, okay uh, so far I've got two different things. Bell in the Bible, the courthouse bells were a warning to us and we heed them. And above this, above scripture, I don't see any scripture, speaks of bells on the hem of the garment of Aaron, a high priest anointed and consecrated by the Lord. The sound of the bells told the people he was in or out of the temple. The bells were a sound made holy to the Lord. Then it says bells in the Bible were a reminder of holiness. Okay. I'm going to take that as a positive. Yeah, I don't feel anything negative about it. Okay, thank you. Susan, Fair, I want to check with you guys before I close out. Okay. Opal, you got anything else before I close? Or you know, she might have had to go to the other meeting. You there? No, I don't have anything else, Lisa. Oh. Thank you. Okay. So we just stand here before you, thanking you for all that you've done once again. Your greatness, your mercy, your tender kindness, and your love. Father, we're at requesting that everything that has transpired today, the verdicts that we received, along with um, everything else that you have done will be written in the books for our families, for our nations, for our countries, and that there will be a quick manifestation and a quick release from um, your angels on assignment. We're asking that our angels will come and, and be, be ready to receive all that the Lord has released and that that he's yet to release to the generations. Oh. We thank you for the ability to come before you and to speak openly about uh, those things that we have repented of today. There's nothing like you, God. We bless you and we thank you. Until we meet again, we back out of this courtroom today. In Jesus' name, amen.